Hello, and welcome back to the Security Metrics Podcast. My name is Jen Stone. I'm one of the principal security analysts at Security Metrics. Very excited to be here, and by here, I mean at the PCI Europe Community Meeting in Dublin, Ireland. I have with me now Heidi Babby of Mars Corporation. Will you please introduce yourself and tell people a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. So my name is Heidi Babby. I am an ISA a PCIP and a CISSP for Mars Incorporated. It's a lot of alphabets. But um, <laughs> so for those who don't know, PCIP, um, I'm a professional for the PCI community standards. Right. So payment card industry. Um, the ISA is the internal security assessor. So that's another certification. Uh, and then CISSP is <laughs> a, a, a yet another security. <laughs> Yeah, the, the CISSP, frankly, was an adventure <laughs> getting that one. I, I, I might have cried after yeah. the test. They told me I passed. And I was like, no, no, I failed. And they're like, no, you actually passed. I was like, that is not no. an easy test to pass. Okay, so I and I am super excited to talk to you because you have, um, you're in, in a unique position where you're trying to pull together a, a pretty complex organization with a lot of PCI security needs and so I just wanted to say, how do you do that? What do you, I mean, what is your role there? Let's start with that. So, yeah, I'm one of the members of the global PCI team at Mars. So Mars, commonly known as the candy company, actually owns a lot of things. Um, we are a global corporation. We have um, a snacking arm, which is all of your M&Ms, Skittles, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, all your confectionery, your gum. Um, we also have Mars Vet Health. Um, which is all of your veterinary, um, your pet nutrition. Uh, we have food. So, you know, Ben's Original Rice, uh, Tasty Bites, um, True Fru. There's, there's a lot that is incorporated into Mars now. And so with that, we have retail sites. Mm -hmm. uh, we have, you know, direct-to-consumer websites. We have business-to-business -business sites. Um, so there's a lot of PCI for everywhere that we take credit card data mm -hmm. or, or debit card data. Um, so there are four of us on the team, plus the world's greatest manager ever. Um, <laughs> we, we're all in agreement that Andy's the best manager ever. Um, Probably is going to listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I've already had my year-end review, so it's good. Okay, good. Um, but uh, yeah, so we are responsible for working with all of the different entities under the Mars umbrella um, to do an annual assessment of everyone who falls under PCI. Okay. So... Um, it's, it's a big ask. Um, mm -hmm. We track, I think right now we're tracking somewhere around 215 card data environments. Yeah, so I was going to say. It's, it's just, a load of CDs. Just, just <laughs> based on what you just said, thinking about how many data flows there are and understanding, because scope, understanding the scope of any assessment really starts with a data flow. And right. you have, sounds like all of them, you have all the data flows. Yep, we track all. <laughs> yeah, we, <laughs> we, we do it all. And I mean, we have everything from... You know, there's some of the entities use, use um, you know, SPOC or Square Devices or whatever mm -hmm. uh, for pop-ups where they go and do retail shows. Um, we have some that have um, terminals that connect via cellular. Mm -hmm. We have some that have virtual terminals. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of different environments. So, um, and then we also work with, with the foundations. Mars has a lot of foundations, obviously. Oh, okay. For-profits can't own nonprofits, but we're controlling interest on the boards, um, and we support them. Okay. So we do a lot of that work as well. Um, those would be things like the Pedigree Foundation, uh, mm -hmm. Mars Better Together Fund. Okay. Things like that. 
So we so pretty much... So call centers are part of that mix then and... Yeah. If, if you were to come up with, with something that I'd never heard of, I would be shocked at this point. <laughs> so it's... So, there's a little bit of everything. Yeah. So with with all of that complexity and having to be PCI compliant on an annual basis, I know there's a lot of groups that I work with that, that they might have three or four data flows, and that is a big endeavor for them. Mm-hmm. So when you look look at something like that at scale, which is you know a massive number of hundreds of data flows probably, how, what's, what's your process? How do you guys get your arms around that and, and help the different divisions, departments, you know, sections, whatever, however you break them down, how do you tackle PCI compliance? So we we have some some help from our data security standards. Um, So when Mars had their data security standards uh, written, created, maintained, um, they did make sure that they included things like PCI. So that's built into the data security standards. So anytime we're building something new, um, that's obviously taken under consideration. We work hand in hand with the architecture team on new endeavors. Um, but mostly, mostly what we do is we try to leverage partnerships and go for economies of scale. Oh, okay. So um, my coworker, Jeff, and I did a talk at the Portland PCI meeting um, for the North American community meeting. Um, and, and really the secret sauce, we do a lot of different things, but we partner with organizations um, to leverage those economies of scale. And that's from web hosting platforms to um, e-commerce checkout plans to payment service providers to tokenization providers. <laughs> um, so wherever possible, we do try to leverage those economies of scale. Um, but it is it is a handful. We track it all, um, and we're business as usual is as our every single day with all the different entities, um, especially with DP. PCI DSS 4.0 rolling out, we are doing a lot of communications, mm-hmm. uh, making sure that everybody knows what's coming, that they're prepared for it, um, that nobody's running screaming into the night. So, <laughs> <laughs> 11.6.1, 6.4.3. So just ways to track all, track all of that and handle it. That seems to be the big kind of scary one for a lot of people. Uh, and I'm sure for your organization, it's no different. So I'm sh- I'm, you mentioned that you have e-commerce. Oh yeah. Um, so, so um, as a as an organization, do you restrict some of the types of payments or payment flows that people are permitted to have? We don't restrict. Uh, we consult. Okay. Uh, we recommend. <laughs> we we recommend minimizing scope whenever and wherever possible. But um, Mars is all about customers. Mm-hmm. So. Um, we need to make sure that the customer experience is exactly what Mars needs it to be, to, regardless of which of their entities we're talking about. Um, so Mars has the five pillars, which are pretty much, they, it structures how they run their business, but a lot of that is around uh, efficiency, responsibility, freedom. But the big one, and the one that I love, is mutuality, which is a shared benefit is a lasting benefit. So we have to make sure that it not only works for the customers, for the Mars entities, for the regulatory teams, <laughs> it has to work for everybody, and then it will survive. Um, so that's kind of one, you know, those those pillars really help us um, when we're when we're trying to decide what to do, how to make the decisions, what works well. We always refer back to that. So it sounds like PCI isn't just a, a like a once a year. Oh, let's scramble and get everything in, and and then leave it alone for a year. No, it's it's a day to day. Okay. It it really is. When when you hear people talk about business as usual, um, 
the simple things like your diagrams have to be kept up to date, right? Your ASV scans, they say quarterly, but for those people who run ASV scans, it's really nice to run a monthly in case you find something and you have time to fix it. <laughs> this is my, my personal soapbox. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I've talked to a lot of people who are, are they have struggled. Uh, some of my customers on occasion have struggled with getting quarterly scans in or are worried that they will not be able to get quarterly scans. And really the answer to that is not fewer scans. It's, it's more. Scan more often. Yeah. 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 So scanning on a monthly basis. I know there are a lot of ASV companies that allow um, that without much of a price increase even. Right. So, you know, like I said, economies of scale, if we can get an enterprise license for something and then I can start scanning all of the websites, mm -hmm. um, that's also super helpful because if I see one thing pop, I'll know everywhere we have shared hosting, shared environments, et cetera, I know everywhere I'm going to see it. So I'm able to get out ahead of time and say, hey, we've got this coming. We need to fix this. Uh, here's the recommended remediation. Uh, if you need any assistance, here's the teams you're going to want to talk to, uh, you know, within the, the Mars Global Services, which is the part of Mars that supports all of the entities. Okay. So, so as a, would you say you're more on the com compliance side of things? Um, the team that I'm on is, is focused on that side. Yeah. And so how do you integrate with the security team? Because sometimes <laughs> compliance and security um, are are kind of siloed from each other. We are, but we're under the same umbrella. Okay. So, yep, we actually, we're passed down the same goals. Um, the, the directors come up to each other. So we're on different teams, but we're on the same team. So how does that work <laughs> in practice? Because you said sometimes you'll, you'll see something and you'll see it in more than one place. Right. How, how does that communication happen? from your team if you have a security issue or, or concern or forward thinking about new you know rules that they're going to need to be aware of. For example, um, some organizations are already doing internal authenticated scans. And oh, let me, let me explain this. So I get this question a lot, so maybe it'll be helpful. <laughs> authenticated scans means that your scans run as a role. It's a way of getting the systems that you're scanning to give you more information, all right? So authenticated internal scanning was not a requirement before, and now it is. But if your internal scanning team doesn't know that this is a rule, it, they can't just suddenly whip up internal authenticated scans, right? And right. so just thinking about some of these things like that are either rule changes or security issues that you're aware of that maybe you want to communicate, how does that work in practice? How do how do you create that um, that line of communication for for an organization with over one hundred and fifty thousand people in it? Right, uh, we actually talk a lot. So <laughs> um, we have teams that we go to. For instance, like the threat hunting team might come to us and say, "Hey, we've started to see this. Maybe this is something we can look out for. Will your scans pick up the following thing?" Right. Mm -hmm. Um, or we can go to them, we can go to the vulnerability team and say, hey, you know, this popped in our ISV scans. Are you seeing this on your side of the fence? Um, because we're, we're scanning using different engines where, you know. Right. So there's a lot of crossover. Um, but a lot of it, I mean, it's it's communication, right? You, you, you send the email or you pick up the phone and call or you schedule the team's meeting. You know, I need 15 minutes of your time. Can we just chat about this? Absolutely. Um, how are we covering it? Um, you know, when everybody talks about the people processes and technology, we can throw technology at it. But if the people aren't talking to each other, there's always going to be a miss. And, and I, I've seen that um, issue in companies of all sizes. Yeah. But if you have 
if you have a small communication problem and you have a big company, then then that that communication <laughs> issue can just spiral out of control. Absolutely. And so I know that a lot of groups are are kind of look at that and say, how do we create that better? And I like what you said. You pick up the phone. You actually yeah. make an effort to talk to people. Yeah, because you can you can send a Teams message. You can send a, a email. <laughs> but but so much gets lost. Yeah. In, in over full inboxes mm-hmm. or, you know, the constant pinging of your phone or your, or your messaging. Well, people assume a tone. Mm-hmm. I got this email that feels threatening to me. And maybe the person on the other end was like, oh, I've been meaning to send this for like five days and I need to just send it now. And then they send off the email not thinking about how do I soften tone. Right. And so while we have great ways digitally to communicate, I think sometimes nothing beats face to face. Yeah, the key is, well, let's face it. I'm on an audit team, right? <laughs> I don't get invited to parties. Everybody's like, oh, God, it's her again. But we're the funnest. <laughs> yeah. People don't even know. <laughs> so when I pick up the phone and I call and I say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm seeing this in, your, in the scans or, hey, we've got these new requirements coming for PCI. Just kind of want to talk about some ways to, to work through these, make sure that we're hitting all of, the, all of the entities and that we're covering everything. A phone call can do that like nothing else. Yeah. Or even during, you know, annual PCI reassessments, if I pick up the phone and I call and I'm like, hey, guys, it's that time of year again. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put 30 minutes on your on your calendar to go over the following things. They're so much more receptive to it than if it just shows up shows in your inbox. without almost like without consent. Right? right. And and I know that there are people that I communicate with who who they are uncomfortable with the phone call. And that is a, kind of a newer cultural thing. But if I just send them a text and say, hey, uh, this is the topic. Can you call me? I. Uh, so I don't have to use so many thumbs. <laughs> and yeah. and then they're more receptive or will call me and then that phone call goes so much better and then the increased communication. Well, the thing that people forget, and, and this was huge with all the remote working from home and everything through COVID, is that personal touch builds a rapport. Yes. And that makes things so much easier. Mm-hmm. And when, once you have that rapport, if you happen to be on a team that, that is responsible for complying and you have the assessor call and you have no report, you're not going to tell them that you think you might have a problem. Right. right? So with those business as usual phone calls, with those touch bases that we do, that personal touch, people will say, hey, you know, we've been thinking about this. We, we might be coming across an issue here, you know, or we were thinking about making this change. What mm-hmm. do you think? Right. And if you don't have that communication and that connection to them, you're not going to hear these things ahead of time. And it can cause a bigger problem. It will cause a bigger yeah. problem later. And Nobody likes to tell you they don't understand. Mm-hmm. So if you're sending an email that they don't understand, what do they do? They just don't respond. They just don't respond. Exactly. <laughs> They'll just ignore it. Yeah. And so it makes a big difference. A, a lot of people don't understand how much human understanding goes into the audit process yeah. or the compliance process. Well, especially now with the change to 4.0 and you have the objective approach, mm-hmm. you know, so, so, Okay. Maybe that doesn't fit the standard um, in terms of how they've got it written out, but but here's the intent, and let's see what we can talk through and see what we can do. So um, similar to compensating controls, mm-hmm. how do we meet the intent, right? And what do we do? And and again, you have to you have to be talking to them. You're not going to get a diagram and figure it out from there. Exactly. I really like the way that that the PCI Council has shifted it to compensating controls or um, the custom customized approach because. Um, compensating control almost felt like, well, you can't do it right. So you're going to have this extra, um, right. security on it. Well, some teams that, that I talk with 
have a very um, mature, um, comprehensive security program in place that they almost felt like they had to either scale back or have a carve out for PCI. Right. And felt like their efforts as security professionals were not being honored and respected and, and valued um, because the, they got told, oh, that's not what PCI says. PCI says you have to do it these these ways. And then they would say, but it's more secure than doing this this way. For for example, NIST um, password lengths. Oh, yeah. Um, I used to get a lot of groups that would say, well, but my password, these are be- this is better. Mm-hmm. And then you'd have to say, well, we still need to compensate and control because of the way this is written. Now, if it's meeting the atten- intent and it, the it security and is as, and, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't have a compensating control. You have a customized nice approach, approach that shows um, that you value and um, and understand and can you know support what the security team is doing. I think that creates a better relationship between compliance and security, and mm-hmm. um, gives an organization more control over how they um, implement a, a, a kind of a holistic security program which is really important because especially as as fast as technology moves these days yes new things coming out all the time mm-hmm. so so being able to be ahead of the game yeah. and and still have it acceptable and you, you just you get to explain yourself yeah. you get to come up with a new testing procedure but all of that just enhances the security of it and as a as a outside you know looking in some of the best conversations i've had have been with groups where i've said can you tell me how you do this and why? And watching them get so excited about telling me what a good job they did because they don't they don't get to do pride. this very often, right? They get to take pride in what exactly. they do. Exactly. <laughs> and they get to tell me, we chose this and this is how we do this. And and then we added this and we found out this and we improved it in these ways. And and it's amazing to see that when they have taken ownership of whatever security control or whatever, you know, potential threat they're looking at. And getting to hear the the great work that they're putting in, rather than um, give me yes or no answers and checkbox answers, that that was maybe more of a of an emphasis in the past. Mm-hmm. So I think I think the the new direction of 4.0 is actually a very positive direction. Yeah, I agree. It was it was a little stressful when you first read it, and you're yeah. like, this thing, you know, this this rock is like 396. <laughs> I have pages to learn more things, and it's so long, and I don't know how to go about it. It was it was a little intimidating. And what the heck is this with the scripts on the page thing? Yeah, Everybody, everybody's panicking about that, but we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. There's fine. there's solutions out there. It's going to be okay. Yeah. So maybe, um, what's one of the things that you've learned in working in an organization that is that big, has that many data flows? What are some maybe um, words of wisdom you can give to other people who are trying to put something together in a in an expanding organization. Oh, wow. So um, I think probably, again, my secret sauce, leverage partnerships where you can um, because they really do make a difference. Strong partners, trusted partners are fantastic. Uh, Keep an eye to the future. Always look ahead as you're designing solutions. Make sure they're flexible and they grow. Um, And then uh, for those people who are in the data privacy world, uh, go with the strictest option because <laughs> you're not going to want to have to comply with it later if yeah. you can just do it now. <laughs> I think that's that could be an entire podcast yeah. on its own. And then the other thing is, don't be afraid. Break it down into baby steps. Mm-hmm. You know, just just if the requirements seem overwhelming, break them down and deal with it one on one. 
until you start to view the holistic thing. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining me today. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. <laughs> Thanks for watching. To watch more episodes of Security Metrics Podcast, click on the box on the left. If you prefer to listen to this podcast, it's available on all your favorite podcast platforms. See you on the slopes.